0: Hey there, friend. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I have to tell you, I'm kind of bummed that I missed last week. I missed my episode, and I just love... I don't know why. I'm not usually the kind of person that like has to be a perfectionist about things, but I love that I drop an episode every single week, and last week I missed. So, oh well. You know what? I don't need to be a perfectionist. I missed because Lucy and Theo were here for the whole week, and you know what? It was just kind of busy. It was it was a super fun, busy week, and I didn't make a podcast episode, so oh well. Uh, some weeks are like that. But now I'm back, and I really want to share something with you. I want to share with you this amazing, joyful experience I've had. And I wonder if you have had this experience too. If you have not, you have got to try it. And it is the joy of power washing. Have you ever used a power washer? Let me tell you. If you are married and your husband always does the power washing, you are missing out. Like you need to say, oh, I'll do that job. Because... Using a power washer is so incredibly fun, and I've done it before, but I think every year I forget how fun it is because I'm like, "Uh, Wes always says like, oh, I can get you the power washer. You, you can use the power washer for that. And I'm like, no, no, that's too much trouble, and it's noisy, and I, I don't like it, but then he convinces me uh, and gets it out. And I think this happens, it's happened every year for like the last five years. And I start using it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this thing is amazing. So we, we have a huge deck, which of course is wonderful to have a huge deck, but we also live in the woods. So there's a ton of mold on the deck and everything on the deck, that green film everywhere. And so yesterday he got out the power washer for me and I'm like, you know, you pull the trigger and, and use it, and it's like, it's amazing. It's like instantly gone. You can even take the stain off wood with a power washer, which of course is not the goal, but to get the mold off and the dirt off. Spider webs, gone. Dirt, gone. Mold, gone. It's amazing. It's so quick. It's so satisfying. You've got to try it. And Kate was even telling me that there are videos, I guess on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, that people just watch videos of people power washing as like, you know, you having a stressful day, just watch a video of a power washing person. But I am telling you, watching the video is not going to be the same. You've got to try it for yourself. So there you go. That's what I've been doing. I've been power washing my deck and it has been so satisfying. And, you know, I feel like there needs to be some sort of spiritual analogy for this, but I haven't thought of one. I, I bet you were thinking she's going to tie this into some spiritual truth. I would love to, but I haven't thought of one because I've just been having fun power washing. So if you've got one for me, you know, message me or whatever. I need to know it. I need to hear it. But what has been on my heart today and for the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so is something that is not as fast as power washing, and that is parenting. Thinking about some truths about parenting. Now, if you're not a parent, please stick with me, because I am going to tie it around back to, you know, more of a spiritual truth for us individually, not as parents. But I feel like it's just a good time. This is what God has put on my heart to share some truths about parenting. So let's jump in. This is the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. Thanks for listening. I hope that as you listen, God will bring joy and encouragement to your day. Okay, so parenting. Um, Well, before I get into the parenting thing, I have to tell you one more thing about the power washing. I was really having fun with that. So Wes got me all set up. He brought it out, hooks it all up, you know, does the whole thing. And I got going and he was um, putting something in the pool, which is like below the deck. And I had to, I was doing it for a few minutes and then I saw him down there. So I stopped and I yelled down to him, this is so much fun. And he just looked up at me and said, yeah, it's addictive. And I was like, oh, he gets it. It was kind of funny. But anyway. Back to the parenting thing. Why parenting today? Well, I was on Facebook the other day, and a friend of mine on Facebook posted something about being frustrated at the pool hearing other parents say that they were going to leave their kids there. And you know, it's just like the classic parenting moment. And you know, no, no shaming anybody. We've all done things and said things sort of out of desperation to get our kids to listen, uh, or, or whatever. And you know, parenting's hard, so I totally get it. But anyway, this mom who had posted, now she has, I happen to know, her youngest is a teenager. So she's past this season looking back and hearing a mom with little kids, you know, say, okay, bye, I'm gonna leave you here at the pool, which of course she's not gonna do. And was like, we need to stop, parents need to stop doing this. First of all, I agree, like this is not a good strategy, and it always bothered me too to hear a parent somewhere saying, I'm going to leave you in this place if you don't come now because I called you, Yeah, because you know, you're not doing it, and everybody knows, especially your child knows you are not leaving them there, so this is my first thing, is like, don't do that, don't say you're going to leave your kid somewhere, because you're not. And we could kind of broaden it to not saying any kind of ridiculous consequence that you're not going to do, like you're going to be grounded for the rest of your life or 10 years or whatever. So that's my first thing. is It's not very encouraging, but we need to stop doing that. So what do we do instead? Well, I was thinking about it, and I think obviously this is being said when you are saying, come with me somewhere, leave the place, whatever, and the child is not listening. So really, what it comes down to, and this is kind of, it's kind of a different pausing and pondering than my usual pausing and pondering, because you're pausing and thinking, what's behind this? What is behind this problem? And I think that is a good parenting strategy, is to pause and think, when, you, when you're having an issue, whatever the issue is, and think, pausing and pondering, what is behind this? What What am I trying to accomplish here? It's kind of like being proactive instead of reactive. And what is the proactive thing to do in this circumstance? And I offer this simply as, you know, I have raised four children and was not perfect, never claiming to be the perfect mom. But from this position of experience, I would say, and also being someone that read like five million parenting books when I had young children, um, I would say what you're dealing with is a heart that doesn't want to obey. You know, your child does not want to obey you, and that's what you need to focus on. And I recently read those exact words, cultivating a heart that wants to obey in this great book that Wesley mentioned, Wes and Sam mentioned to me, called "Raising Passionate Jesus Followers" by Phil and Diane Comer, um, awesome book. Uh, I I haven't finished it, um, and you know I'm sure there are things in it that I'm not going to agree a hundred percent with, but I highly recommend it. I think it, it is a good book to ponder. It gives you some some good um, ideas. And they just said it really well. They said a lot of things that I have thought myself uh, they just worded it really well and one of the things they said was this idea of our job as parents big part of our job as parents is cultivating a heart that wants to obey in our children and no matter how old your kids are if they're if they're still living at home, this is part of what we want to do is to cultivate. A heart that wants to obey. And you know what? We're not born with a heart that wants to obey. So this is something we have to work towards. Um, and I think when, you know, it, you see these red flags of, you know what? They don't even want to obey me. In situations where they don't want to, they don't come when you call them. They don't, I don't know. There's lots of different ways that you are, it's probably easy to see when Uh, You have a child that does not even want to obey. And it's frustrating and it's hard work. But how do you do it? How do you get from, you know, telling them 10 times that it's time to go and they're not listening and they're not coming to you say, we're leaving in five minutes. Okay, now it's time to go. And they just come. Well, here's the thing. Here's my first thought. You don't do it when you're at the pool. This is not where you're going to cultivate a heart to obey. This is where the fruit of your labors will come out when you're at the pool. Here's my advice. You start by giving them lots of opportunities to succeed. So create opportunities for them to obey you where it's going to be easy. Where, you know, leaving your fun time at the pool, that's not easy. Leaving your friends, leaving wherever it is that they're having trouble leaving, that's a, a difficult time to obey. So give them lots of opportunities to obey where it's easy. Like you're just at home and you say, hey, hand me that toy or that whatever. Put that in the trash. Make up proactive. Make up opportunities to obey. And then, you know, they're having success. And then you can say, oh, good job. You know what you did? You just obeyed me. That was really good. And this is my second point. Um, The other thing that bothers me, so number one that bothered me was, you know, threatening crazy things like I'm going to leave you here. Number two that bothers me, and this is just me, wasn't in that book, is uh, thanking your children for obeying. Like, you know, you say you give them some command and they do it and you go, thank you. No, don't thank them. Don't thank them for coming and sitting at the table or whatever it is you ask them to do. Because when you thank them for doing it, then it's like they did you a favor. I don't know. It's just a personal thing of mine. I don't think we should thank our children for obeying. Instead, we should say, oh, good job. We should praise them for obeying like, and give them the vocabulary of obedience. You know what you just did? You obeyed me. Good job. Obviously, for like a two-year-old, you're saying this. Give them vocabulary of, you are hardworking, you are faithful, you are responsible, you are being obedient, because these are words we have to learn. So obviously, this is for very young children, but even if you have a 10-year-old, if they don't have a heart that obeys, you need to give them the vocabulary of, you know what you just did? You obeyed me cheerfully. You showed honor to me, because you did it immediately, you did it respectfully, and what you are doing right now is being obedient. So I think that's a proactive way to look at it. And I just think it's really important to encourage our children. We need to be encouragers. And this is one way to encourage them is to give them positive experiences of obedience. And that really does start to cultivate this heart that wants to obey because they've had, you know, a positive experience in, in obedience. And I just think personally, I mean, I know I, that is sort of my leaning. I definitely have the gift of exhortation or encouragement. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast, right? I'm trying to, I I just have this desire to encourage. So, and that definitely came out in my parenting. You might say that uh, another way to say that is I was a big softy, right? Um, And Wes was more of the hard, strict parent who wanted to push them to be the best they could be. That's definitely more his uh, personality. So that was sort of our dynamic. But, and I think it's really true that we need to encourage and build up the vocabulary of what we want to see in our children. And you know what? They'll mimic you. They'll be like, that's obedience, you know, I'm obeying. But they're not going to do that if we're not using that language. So anyway, that's my first thing. So then the other side of cultivating a heart that obeys is the discipline side. So you've got the one side is create positive experiences for them to obey, like make it easy, which can feel kind of dumb. You're like, this is dumb. I'm just like, this is like a false sense of obeying. But it's not false. It's practice. You're practicing obeying. And then there's the other side of the consequences of not obeying. Make it painful to not obey. And I don't mean just physically painful, although that's one option. But make it not fun to not obey. Like, yeah, when you're disobedient, it's not fun, is it? Because there's a consequence. So discipline. And I should probably do a whole separate episode about to spank or not to spank. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that this time. Um, but there has to be some kind of consequence. And you know what? Discipline is hard work. Discipline, when you are the parent and you have to discipline kids, you have to be consistent. It's not fun. It's probably going to be not fun for you because, you know, if you're like, well, here's the consequence. You're, we're not going to the pool today because you did this. It's not going to be fun for you, but it's necessary it's important. And I know everybody listening to this knows this, right? We all know discipline is important and we need to do it. So you have to have a plan. You have to have a discipline plan. What are the consequences going to be for not obeying? That's what you have to figure out. Different parents have different ideas about this. Obviously, the consequences are going to be different for different age children, but there always has to be a consequence for not obeying. One of my thoughts on this was this needs to be learned at home. We need to learn. We need to have a heart that wants to obey at home before we can take you places. So for example, if that happened to me at the pool, I would we would get in the car and I would say, you know what, you're not ready for the pool because you can't obey me there. So we have to, I need to see that you have a heart that wants to obey at home before we can go back to the pool. And then we would work on that at home where it's a lot easier you know, you're not in front of people, so you can have consequences. You can have rewards for good behavior and consequences for bad behavior at home. And my kids loved going out of our home. So that was, they would be like, no, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the, the hard message of today for parents is if your kids are not being obedient when you go to church, when you go to the store, when you go to the pool, when you go anywhere, you need to make the hard choice of staying home. Just stay home. and Not till they're perfect. I'm not saying that. But you need to address obedience at home. Um, and I used to say this also not just about obedience, but one of our big struggles in our family was bickering, the kids arguing with each other. And I was like, look, if you can't behave when we go out, we're just going to stay home. And this is boot camp boot camp at home. And you need to learn to not argue with each other at home before we're going to go take you anywhere. And so that's what we did. And we had different consequences at different stages of life. And um, that's something you have to figure out and really pray over. I feel like God guides you to what discipline is going to work for each child. But that's really where I wanted to focus today is just thinking about cultivating a heart that wants to obey. and You know, it's so important and it's so worth the time to invest in this and it does take time. Man, does it take time. But it's so worth it because our children need to have a heart that wants to obey if they're ever going to become Jesus followers that want to obey God. And here's where we bring it to the not parenting. I also need to have a heart that wants to obey. Each of us, do we have a heart that wants to obey God? The idea of cultivating a heart that wants to obey in myself, or maybe in people you're discipling, or, you know, in your small group with. It's a question I need to ask myself, and I'm asking you to ask yourself, do I want to obey God? You know, it's a really good question to ask ourselves. Do I want to obey God? I know I should obey God, but do I have a heart that wants to obey God? And how about this? Here's a a way to take it one step further than that. How quickly do do I obey God without knowing why I have to do it? Like... There's a lot of times in our lives as adults, as teenagers, whatever, that we know what God wants us to do and we don't know why, but we have to obey. What God is saying, be obedient to me and be obedient without knowing all of the reasons. You don't have the big picture. We don't have the big picture that God has and yet we are still called to obey. And now just think for a second, how helpful would it be? to learn as a child to obey without being told why, to just have a response of obedience, to have a heart that wants to obey. So, you know, that can really be such a helpful thing we do for our children and would be helpful for us to have learned in childhood. And I think if you have learned that in childhood, it's easier to obey God even when we don't understand exactly what God is doing. It's just kind of an interesting connection, and I would encourage parents. I know it's kind of the in-trend the right now to always give your kids a reason for why they need to do whatever you're asking them to do. Like, come on, it's time to go home because we need to have supper because, you know, whatever, you get a reason. But sometimes it's good for kids to learn you need to obey immediately and cheerfully without being told why. And this was one of the books I read said – to do this with young children under a certain age that once they have learned to obey without asking why, just immediate obedience, then they sort of earn the right and they also develop intellectually that they can understand to be given some sort of explanation. Just a thought there. What a blessing to your child to teach them to obey without needing to know why. But um, because then they can apply that to their faith of obeying God without having all the wise. But back to this cultivating a heart that wants to obey. I found a help for this in the Psalms. You know, I'm reading through, I read the Psalms in my uh, devotions every day, and I'm currently in Psalm 119. And there they say things like longing to obey his precepts, or loving what he loves, or thirsting for God and his law. And I have to ask myself, do I long to obey God? Or am I more like, you know, what can I get away with? Where's the line and how close can I get to it? Like, what are the rules here so that I just know what I'm supposed to do? That's really different from longing for his precepts. But the good thing is, that God can actually give us this heart that wants to obey. We can just pray, Lord, change my heart. Will you change my heart, Lord? Give me a heart that longs to obey you, that thirsts for you, that loves what you love. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Loving what God loves. That's what we want our hearts to be about, and that's what we want our children's hearts to be about. Let me tell you what I wrote in my Bible next to These verses in Psalm 119. Here's what I have on the side uh, of my Bible. God changed my heart. And then under that, what changes a heart? And this is from my sort of um, summary of what the verses say, which I'll read to you in a second. But here's the summary. What changes a heart? One, number one, receive teaching. So you have to hear it. You have to know what the Bible says. Number two, obey it. Observe or be led. So he says in the um, verses, it says, observe my law. That's obeying it. Number three, rejoice in God's word. Number four, focus away from self. And number five, eternal perspective. These are the things that change a heart. Receive the teaching, obey it, rejoice in it, focus away from self, eternal perspective. That's what I saw in Psalm 119, in these verses in Psalm 119. And these are the things that cultivate a heart that wants to obey God. So here are the verses. Uh, let me see. What is it? Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. It's the the he stanza. You know, Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm that it's... Um, each stanza starts with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, this is this stanza that I think uh, focuses on how God can change our hearts and how, and like a prayer for God to change our hearts. Here's what it says Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. I long for your precepts in your righteousness give me life. What a great prayer. What a great passage to use as a prayer. If we prayed that every day, our hearts would change, our hearts would want to obey God more. It'd be a great prayer to pray with your kids even. So that's just my little nugget of parenting advice for today. Cultivate in your children a heart that wants to obey. Cultivate in yourself a heart that wants to obey. It's not easy and it's not a quick fix. It's actually the complete opposite of the joy of the power washer. So if you're frustrated with how grueling and slow it is to discipline and raise children, Get out a power washer and just have a few minutes of complete joy in the quick transformation and then put down the power washer and get back to the long task, the long game of that slow growing fruit, but stick to it. Cultivate a heart that wants to obey with encouragement and positive experiences and discipline and consequences and pray this prayer for your children and yourself. Praying this prayer, this prayer from Psalm 119 for yourself and for your children. God can do it. God can change your heart. God can change their heart. Let's not forget grace. Let's not forget encouragement. But let's ask ourselves today, do I have a heart that wants to obey God in all areas? And am I cultivating a heart? that wants to obey in my children. That's the challenge, isn't it? But I am certainly glad that God helps us with it. It's a work that God does in us and will give us the strength and the wisdom to do for our children. Thanks for listening, and I pray that as we all ask God to change our hearts to long for his precepts, he will lead us into exciting new adventures of faith through obedience to him.